0: Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Corey Deanna-Lewis, founder of The Healthy Project and host of The Healthy Project podcast. My mission is to bring awareness to health and wellness concerns that are impacting our communities. On this podcast, you'll learn strategies to improve your health from health professionals from around the world that are trying to make an impact in people's lives. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have a great guest in the building today, uh, Director of Pharmacy and Population Health at Caremont Medical, uh, passionate about improving outcomes through medication use and optimization and collaboration. I have Dr. Gurdip Serene on the podcast today. Gurdip, thank you so much for being on the episode today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Corey, for having me. I'm excited to talk about a little bit more about pharmacy.
0: Let's let's begin, man. So what, what gets you up in the morning?
1: <laughs> uh, well, besides my alarm, uh, <laughs> why I get up and what I like to do, I, I really like to solve problems. I think it's something I've always wanted to do is really come to something and scratch my head, not know the solution, and work with people on how to solve that. You know, I kind of fell into pharmacy, but... In my current role, I get to do that every day. I work collaboratively with leadership and providers on how we can optimize medication use and how we can use that to improve care for our patients, improve affordability, and reduce total cost of care.
0: As of lately, the use of the pharmacist in you know in a primary care team uh, and being an integral part of that has has grown you know, to what extent do pharmacists play a role in improving population health? I know that's your wheelhouse. So, you know, what what kind of role do they play? You know, um, is, is it new? Is it a new role for pharmacists in population health?
1: Well, I think that, you know, pharmacists have always played a level of a role in population health, but their role is becoming more visible. And the data behind that role is becoming more visible. Now, population health is such a broad term often used in healthcare and encompasses so much. Uh, So by definition, we're trying to say, what is the health status and the health outcomes within the group of people? And then how do you improve that? So pharmacists can really make a big impact on population health. And some of those areas are in preventative care, disease management, and value-based care. So with prevention, we're talking about vaccine administrations. During COVID, uh, I think that became really apparent that pharmacists and community pharmacies are big hubs to deliver services. Yeah, and you know a lot of pharmacists were put on the, in the field to administer, or they were administering it in those independent or chain pharmacies. Uh, so I think that's a huge area that they can play. They can also help with screenings. You know, another part of population health management is disease management. So one of the most common interventions of to control disease is actually medication management, using medications to control it. So think about when you go to a doctor and you have diabetes, they often give you a medication. The pharmacists, we spend six or more years becoming experts in medications. So we really know that subject matter pretty well. Uh, we are equipped to identify issues, resolve medication issues. And how we do that is through a process of medication reconciliation and medication therapy management. Uh, So this actually helps reduce medication errors, reduces um, ED visits, and readmissions, which in turn reduces total cost of care. There are other components where we look at how pharmacists, with their expertise, can kind of can actually reduce medication costs and help improve performance in value-based care contracts. So for the first part, reducing medication costs, we've been trained in the clinical and the financial aspects of medications in school, which is pretty unique for a healthcare professional. Uh, so right. let me give you an example or a scenario. You know, you have the only finite amount of resources that we all have, and that's why Population Health exists how do you manage those finite resources to deliver the best care for populations? So if you have, let's just say $20,000 and you have to manage a population who has various conditions. Now, one of the major conditions is high cholesterol. If you have two drugs and they're basically the same efficacy, same clinical uh, safety, but one drug is $1 and another drug is $10. So, if you use the drug that is $10, you're going to spend a lot more money taking care of that population than if you used the drug that is $1. Right. And then for us, yeah. So, we we recognize that, you know, medicine is an art. So, there's a percent of people who need that more expensive drug, but does everyone. And so, pharmacists can actually work with the provider to say, hey, we can switch them over to... less expensive medication and then if they that doesn't work for them or for some reason they're contraindicated, they can use a more expensive one. But then it's being more prudent about the healthcare resources that you have.
0: Right. So it it can kind of it can kind of start it kind of starts with the pharmacist when it comes to their medications on hey, we can either use medication A, which may be more expensive if that's the way we're gonna go, then you may have to adjust how you uh manage that patient.
1: Yeah, or like when there's a expensive more expensive agent like drug A, you're saying, are they candidates to be going on drug B? Or if they're not candidates oh, right. to drug B drug B, then then we will if there are certain reasons, then we we accept it, we approve it. It's just a way to manage those expenses because not everyone needs that more expensive drug. So why would we use a more expensive agent for the majority of people when it's not needed?
0: What role does the patient play in all of this when it comes to their medications?
1: That's a really good question. So more and more, the patient experience and the, and shared decision-making is becoming very important in healthcare and as it should. Uh, an engaged patient is a much more... Adherent or um, the adherent patient, uh, or compliant patient. So they, once they're engaged in their care, they were more likely to have better outcomes. So they're, when selecting the medication, patients sometimes are given the option of saying that, "All right, these are your options, and these are the costs of it." This is not always something that the physician can do because there's a lot the physician has to do in one visit. You know, visits are typically twenty minutes. You know. It would be great if every situation when selecting medication, we give them all their options in the pricing, but it's challenging. We can at least see on the provider side, is this drug covered by their insurance or not? Uh, and that helps to an extent. But when it comes to medication selection, once that script is written, let's say it goes to the pharmacy and it's expensive or there's a prioritization, oftentimes that feedback doesn't go back to the provider that oh hey we need to switch it to something different so that leads to patients not taking their medications or should that medication be in a more expensive tier category on the insurance does copays add up so right. you know imagine you're on if you're on one medication and it costs you 20 dollars a month you're probably okay uh some people aren't with that 20 dollars, but some are but there are very few people, you know, as your as conditions get more complex and more medications are added, very few people can afford, you know, two hundred dollars plus a month for multiple medications. It becomes overwhelming. Then you decide, oh, okay, maybe I'll just take half a pill a day. Maybe I won't take right. this medication. And doctor doesn't always know this.
0: Yeah, and they and they won't tell the doctor. <laughs> they- yeah, I you
1: mean, know, you know, it's it's sometimes It's a hard conversation, as a human being. Do you want to tell someone that, "Hey, I can't really afford this." Right. It's challenging. Unless you're probed for it, even then, it's it may be challenging to say it.
0: Absolutely, and and that kind of leads into my next thought is in regards to medication adherence, right? And and that is something that I know is is a big deal. It's it's talked about a lot in and, and working with with patients outside of the obvious issues of if you're not adherent to your medication the the damage it could do to your health and managing your health what are some other things that you've noticed or have seen with with people who have trouble just managing their medications in general and, and what kind of advice would you give to them to be able to improve that
1: so let me just make sure I understand the question. So aside from adherence problems, what are other challenges with medications?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so this kind of ties into what I was saying before about how pharmacists can improve medication management. So many people get their care from more than one provider. And oftentimes it's not or not I would say often, sometimes it's not as part of the same group. So the provider doesn't know what the provider does. For example, if you go to hospital A, then you go to hospital B, they don't know what they did.
0: They have different EMRs, things like that.
1: Correct. So just from a medication perspective, provider A from hospital A and provider B from hospital B, they prescribe medications to the patient. The patient takes them as they're supposed to take them. They fill it either at the same or a different pharmacy. Now you have provider eight thing they're on a certain regimen, and provider beating under a certain regimen. They don't know about additional things. This leads to medication errors because there can be duplications, there can be interactions, there are gonna be high-risk medications. So the, the process of medication reconciliation is important. What I would say to patients who or people who are having who are taking medications is that communicate with your provider. And your pharmacist about all the medications, including those are vitamins, minerals, over counter medications that you're taking, because they actually do play a huge role in your entire medication regimen. Uh, so there are a variety of different over counter medications that can severely interact with other medications. So it's important that you're very transparent about that. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. So like this, um, this medication reconciliation process is actually very important and very challenging for systems to kind of tackle uh, they're actually startups that are focused on just helping organizations tackle this issue because medication reconciliation is known to be valuable but sometimes it's very A, time consuming and it's hard to really scale because the cost of something like a pharmacist is actually really high you know there's a startup that i had done a in a white paper for trinity health which actually helps organizations do this
0: oh the the, the reconciliation
1: correct so they do pharmacist-led um reconciliation of medication history so they can get mul- use multiple sources to create a medication list that actually is updated through different sources, including payer claims, short scripts, stuff like that.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Do Do you feel like the the role or the not the role, but really the responsibility of the pharmacists and the, um, the responsibilities they have been given as of lately because of the pandemic has has it changed? Has it been just maybe more of a just highlighted more or what have you noticed about the role of the pharmacist um, since the pandemic?
1: You know, since the, uh, when I, during the pandemic, I actually worked at one of the largest public health systems in the nation. And I noticed that pharmacists really put in the forefront of helping the providers. I think our visibility became so much larger, more, um, as you may be aware, you know, PPE was in shortage. Yeah. And, you know, there are even medications being used because the ICUs were packed like they've never been packed before. A certain population, they needed medications in more volume than they'd ever needed before because there's more of these people needing that. And so that results in shortages. So actually, pharmacists worked with the providers to manage those by. That's for example, re- changing into a medication that is given less frequently to preserve PPE or switching medications from one drug to another that's a therapeutic alternative when there's shortages of one. And this is something that is, it's a very dynamic fluid situation. One day you have one thing, another day you don't have that and you have something else. Uh, so it's, that was really important. I also think that you know during this time, pharmacists were given a huge responsibility for testing, for vac- for investigational investigational drug trials, and administration of the COVID vaccine, uh, and that level of of responsibility hadn't been given to them or all of them previously.
0: Mm, right. Right. So it was just it was it was a lot of a lot of responsibility, especially with you said one of the largest healthcare systems in. In the, in the nation, I'm sure that was a stressful time.
1: Very stressful time. Uh, you know, it was actually the first time I never worked in a hospital, but it was really eye-opening. I think really provided me with a lot of good lessons. You know, trying to basically manage in a department during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, man. So, so take me through your thought process. You know, you said this being the first time you doing this, especially during a pandemic, what was going through your head? How are you, how are you getting through day by day without wanting to run away?
1: (laughs) Um, So it was definitely quite a surreal experience because I mean, I've never experienced a pandemic in any setting Forget about in a hospital, um, but you know, as a healthcare provider, we think about the patients, and we know that those patients are coming in. They need care. They need care from the nurses, the PAs, the you know, the physicians, the pharmacists, the respiratory therapists. The, every everyone, the janitors, everyone is essential there. So, to me, that's what got me through the frustrating times where. You know, we didn't know how to manage certain situations that we were in, but we did do the best we could and we were able to get the patients the best care um, thanks to, you know, the collaboration between the different departments, thanks to the support from the leadership. Uh, But it was challenging, to say the least.
0: Right, right. And, And with, you know, how do you feel, how do you see the role of the pharmacist evolving in the future?
1: And, you know, that's a good question. So there are patient-facing roles and non-patient-facing roles for pharmacists. I know there are some pharmacists who feel that, you know, there is never going to, that is not a great time to be in pharmacy. But, you know, there are many different options, including non-traditional routes like consulting and investment banking and market access, etc. cetera. But let's just focus on the patient, you know, facing pharmacist because that's a big chunk of that. Right. So in 10 years, patient-facing pharmacists will likely have little to nothing to do with dispensing of drugs. It'll be more focused on cognitive services. So those pharmacists will provide that medication reconciliation and MPM services that we talked about earlier, and they'll be working very collaboratively with providers on on and the patients to optimize care. So I imagine that like, you know, once discharge hospitals and community pharmacies will have a means of communicating because right now the process is horrendous. It's very hard for you know, a pharmacist to, at a community pharmacy to reach a hospital, but they'll have a way to communicate. And this will allow the pharmacist to have the right information to conduct effective medication therapy management but also allow the hospital to know about interventions conducted by the pharmacist, because unless you have information exchange, it leads to MS. Um, systems then may see this and may approach pharmacies that do this well and enter into value-based care agreements. So if the pharmacy can actually help optimize these regimens, they'll say, all right, you're able to do this. I want you to do help me do this better as well. Because you see them more often than the physician does, actually. They see them probably every, once a month, if not sometimes more frequently. And this will focus on medication-related measures, medication-related outcomes that keep people healthy and out of the hospitals. Um, but, you know, some of the challenges here is that, you know, pharmacists aren't really recognized as healthcare providers or reimbursed for cognitive services in many states. Including New York. Uh, and I'm hoping that in time, we will be reimbursed for these services and can work collaboratively with our other healthcare uh, provider colleagues.
0: With what we have seen with, you know, value based care, team based care, the role of the pharmacist during the pandemic and how they've played a, a huge, integral role in that, you can only, it only makes sense for um some of those things that you're talking about to just to to happen. It's just one of those maybe it's one of those things where only time will tell.
1: Yeah, that's that's the hope. I think the value story is pretty evident. And I'm I'm a big advocate for all professions operating at the top of their license. Um and you know by a pharmacist being able to operate at the top of theirs, it frees up other professionals from doing things that they From the other things, so like in addition to the things I told you, those pharmacists may be able to, you know, refill a medication for a patient who is chronically on the same dose of the same drug for a a long time. Right now, we can't do that, or you know, administer rescue medications or titrate a dose based on guidelines agreed upon with the provider and the pharmacist. There are a variety of different models that can be implemented to help in the future state of pharmacy.
0: All right, absolutely. Well, Gurdeep, th- thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciated your time. Um, if anybody listening wanted to get a hold of you, learn more about you, uh, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. On LinkedIn, I'm uh, listed as Gurdeep Singh and I work at Careman. So please just ask me. Again, happy to always have a conversation with people uh, and talk about pharmacy and, you know, learn about people's stories. Uh, I do want to just, uh, also mention that, uh, all opinions, discuss, everything discussed here is opinions of myself and no way it represents, uh, Care or optum.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated it. And everybody, thank you for listening to the healthy project podcast. I'll let you next time.